Okay, good morning, everyone. It's great to be here this morning. It's great to be sunshine to someone. This is great. It's awesome. It's uh, cold out. It's amazing. I love the sun, though. It's really super. Hey, uh, real quick, we have registration forms for Oregon Family Camp. And I know you're kind of a little bit shocked because it's earlier than normal. But uh, registration is coming a little bit sooner than what we normally have. Because many of you know we're moving to Sky Camp. And so uh, pretty excited about that. There's a lot of folks that have heard about it from around the country. And we got several folks coming on in uh, to enjoy family camp this year. Going to have a lot more space, which is going to be great. And, uh, of course, you know the uh, actual lodge itself is just gorgeous. And so uh, I'm hoping that you'll sign up and you'll go up and hang out. There's uh, places that you can uh, have a really nice uh, cabin or you can do an RV, get, bring your RV up there. And uh, so you can bring that as well if you want to bring your home away from home with you. That would be fantastic. We have raised the price just a skosh. I think a couple, $3. It's $25 per person or $75 per family. So you're making out like a bandit if you have more than four in your family. So anyway, uh, please grab both the information sheet and the registration sheet and have it returned back by February 9th, February 9th. And uh, if Brad's watching, I hope that we can put it on our Facebook and uh, our website and then, of course, do a special event. That would be fantastic. Also, too, please note, we have the calendars. I know a lot of you grabbed your calendar last week. That's awesome. But notice there's a couple things coming up. Men's meeting next week right after morning assembly. And I would like, if, if possible, uh, as many, if not all of the men, to be there. Uh, we do things different around here. And so uh, it's great to have all the men get together and, and discuss uh, the forward movement of the church and the finances and whatnot. And then also, too, on Wednesday of next week, the 19th, we have our Wednesday evening uh, fellowship dinner. And it will be at the Parks Place. And so uh, please let us know that you're going to be there and what you're going to bring. And uh, that would be fantastic. A couple other thoughts. Uh, today, right afterwards, there's a meeting for some of the folks that are actually planning for Oregon Family Camp. And so if you'd really love to invest yourself and take a big part of that, and that scares everybody, but uh, we'd love to have you sit in and, and see what we're going to be doing. And uh, also, too, uh, tonight, remember, uh, Sunday evenings are at the parks uh, home as well as Wednesday evenings. Monday night, once again, we're back in the saddle, 5.45 for dinner. And uh, then Thursday, is there ladies on Thursday? And uh, I don't have a, do we have any birthdays? Of anyone coming up this week? This week, no birthdays? Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, thank you. That'd be fun. That'd be fantastic. Thank you. Uh, that reminds me. Um, if there's people watching from out of town, if you can send them to Scott, that would be great. Uh, Google Photos is a great way to go. Uh, Scott, um, 
Schweitzer, thank you. Scott Schweitzer has consistently taken great pictures of our family camp, and he sends some of those. I should be getting some of his this year. That's great. I've already reached out to him. Awesome. So if you have some, that'd be great. Also, too, if you have some of uh, Mike Harbour, and I know many of you have pictures of Mike Harbour, and you have many pictures of Mike Harbour probably in very compromising photographs. And so, and also, too, if you have stories, uh, we're going to have a special time on Sunday evening at family camp where uh, we're not going to roast and toast Michael because he's in heaven and he's enjoying life and we're down here still struggling. So we're going to be nice to him, maybe. I will try to be. But anyway, there's some great pictures that, you know, pictures worth a thousand words. I have a couple very classic ones. And so uh, we want to make sure that you're there. And uh, there are going to be obviously some preaching on Sunday night, but there's going to be, uh, because he always did Sunday nights. I love to have him do Sunday nights. And so uh, we're going to have some lessons on Sunday night, but also too, we're going to have some sharing and of course, uh, a photo. So send those to me. Google Photos and my lovely bride, my helpmate, will figure out how to get them off the computer and onto a PowerPoint. I uh, dumped a bunch of pictures I was supposed to use for family camp already. So Sharon will be the person to uh, uh, take care of that for me. So thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. All right. Well, there's no other announcements and there are no other birthdays. I can't believe we're ready to go already. This is kind of exciting. Wow. I might even get it done. So let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah and chapter 17, one of our anchor verses. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious, not worried in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. I don't know about you, but that passage of Scripture, these two little verses, there's so much to be said. And so, uh, although I did a broad brush last week, I even got some pretty good feedback from those uh, not from our congregation. And I'm not saying that I need to get feedback, but... It's great to see other people excited about the topic of the power of trust. And the power of trust in our relationships has to really start with God first. And so we're going to begin this morning looking at some very specifics about the trust that we need to have in God. So let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the morning. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to grow an understanding of what it means to trust you. We're just beginning, but there are some foundational pieces that we want to put into place. And so, Father, there's two words, trust, in this passage of Scripture in verse 7 particularly. And we want to understand what that those words really mean, and we'll be illustrating it with some other passages as well. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us to understand that really all relationships that are going to be intimate and deep and good and pure have to be based upon uh, trusting you first. And Father, as we grow through the year in this understanding, I pray that you'll see that integrity is a huge part of our being trustworthy. For you are perfect. You are integral, as we talked about last week. You are complete. You are absolute. And so, Father, let us draw near to you, trust you, 
and learn to be trustworthy, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I want to start by sharing with you that these two words, trust, are not the same. So as we read verse 7 again, listen very carefully, and you might even be able to discern from how it's written what the second word trust actually means. Blessed is the man who trusts the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to be a man that's richly blessed. And I've come to realize that as I have drawn near to the word of God and actually practiced it, I have, in fact, been greatly blessed in a lot of ways. As I was sharing this morning during Bible class, I, I marvel sometimes in looking at my past and the, the miserable, excusive human life I was, and now the blessing of, of being granted leadership in the church of Jesus Christ, the unshakable eternal kingdom, and then, then to be able to work with others who have such a heart as well, and the blessings of family both here and, and uh, across the country and around the world. Uh, I am not deserving, and yet I am richly blessed, as you are, as we are. And so I want you to understand that that blessing comes from trusting the Lord. The more trust you put in the Lord, the greater blessing and the greater power, the greater encouragement that God will give to you, but that you'll be able to give to others. A stream can rise no higher than its source. You see, faithfulness from God causes us to draw near to him in faith. And then we grow in faithfulness so others can see that we are trustworthy. It's a beautiful, powerful picture that oftentimes we don't think about. And so this morning, I've broken this up obviously into two parts. There's no three-part sermon this morning. It's only two. And so notice the first part, trust in the Lord. What does that mean to trust in the Lord? The Hebrew word there is bakta. It means, and, and it means five things. It means to, to move quickly and run to the Lord for refuge. This word actually means that we need to run to the Lord very quickly for refuge whenever there's a challenge in our life. Oftentimes what human nature does when there's a challenge in our life is to do what? Is to turn inward to try to solve the problem in ourselves because we think we know. Or what's worse, we get so confused and overwhelmed, we worry. We become anxious. Remember, the person who trusts in the Lord is like that tree that's not anxious during times of drought. And so this word here, trust, means to flee or run to the Lord quickly for help. And so it's important for us to recognize then that we have to change our mindset in regards to who we trust. So oftentimes we trust ourselves. But we need to, to, to quickly move to the Lord, as our brother Jeff said, pray to the Lord for our lives. But here's a, another couple things we need to put down there. We need to put our confidence in the Lord and not in anything else. We need to make our security the Lord and not anything else. Remember last year we talked about uh, the power of perseverance 
where the very first passage of scriptures you can see above in the book of Hebrews in chapter 10, it talked about, do you remember former times when God delivered you from such great a persecution where your possessions were taken from you and you received that joyfully? You joyfully visited people in prison because of their faith. And remember, we talked about the only way that we can do that is to understand that the Lord will always provide. And so we're going to talk about building trust. So is God your security? Or are you putting your security in a 401k or in a human being that could potentially fail you? Because if we put our hope, our security in things that are temporal or things that can change, we're going to be sorely disappointed. But if we put our hope in him, our confidence, our security in him will stand firm. Now, there's two other things that we need to look at for this word, bhakta. It means uh, to, uh, one, you can confide in with the deepest secrets of the heart. I have to share with you, there are very few people in my life like that. I do not share the deepest secrets of my heart with just anybody. I share them with my wife. In fact, my wife and I talk quite a bit about struggles and exciting things and frustrations and how we can work together. And, and so a lot of those things you'll never hear, you'll never know. But I'm thankful for my wife because she truly is my helpmate. She is my best friend. We do talk together. We laugh together. I won't go on to how some of the things that we do together that are a lot of fun and make us both giggle. But the reality is, is that she is that confidant. My son Andrew is becoming that for me as well. Man to man, which is tremendous. And so there are some people, there are some brothers and sisters in Christ that I, that you, that we can put our confidence in. You know why? It's because they've proved what? Trustworthy. They've proved trustworthy over many, many years of conversations. Now, I am doing a series, a mini-series within the context of trust, a mini-series on truth. If someone is not a man or woman of truth, a man or woman of, of integrity, a man or woman that their thoughts and their words and actions are all consistent the same. You can't have trust. Truth is a cornerstone to trust. And in just a very few short lessons, we're going to begin to talk about how important truth is and the source of all truth, obviously, is Jesus Christ. And we'll learn what that means and how we can tap into that truth to become those men and women of integrity so that we can become trustworthy. Now, as we continue on, the last thing that this word uh, bhakta means is this, to throw oneself at or, one, or one's cares on another. To throw oneself or one's cares on another who is trusted and can and will help. Now back in 1 Peter, it says that we need to be anxious for nothing, but to appeal to God who cares for you. Now notice, 
Oftentimes, what do humans do when things go south? We worry. I don't want to ask you to raise your hand, but I know it's true. All of us, all of us struggle at times with worry, with anxiety. All of us do. But please understand that as you grow in your trust for God, and when things don't go the way we believe they should be going, as we grow in faith, we're going to trust him more and we'll go to him rather than try to solve it ourselves or to try to find someone or something that will solve it for us. Because when you put your hope in things that are shaken out, you're going to struggle. Now there's a classic verse that really illustrates this, this definition of trust. Turn with me as you have in your notes, uh, Psalms chapter 28 and verse 7. Psalms chapter 28 and verse 7. The word trust, the same word, bhakta, is used here in uh, Psalms chapter 28 and verse 7. And I'm going to read it in context, but I want to read that first verse uh, to begin, verse 7. So 28 and verse 7. Notice it says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exalts, and with my song, I shall thank him. And so my heart bhakta in him, and I am helped. And so it's important for us to, to understand that this what this word means uh, in the context here. And we need to see that there's a personal petition to God for help in verses 1, 2, and 3. And then notice there's a personal response of praise and adoration. But notice when the, when the trouble comes, where does the psalmist go? The man or woman of faith, the man or woman who trusts God, where do they go? They immediately go to God. Take a look. Psalms chapter 28, verse 1, 2, and 3. To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Do not be deaf to me. For if, for if you are silent to me, I will become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you for help. When I, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary, do not drag me away with the wicked and with those who work iniquity, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. You know, when we take a look at the world right now, there's an awful lot of evil going on. And there are people around us that in our lives that that all of a sudden show themselves to be not sincere and genuine in their faith, but rather people who are self-serving. And that is so destructive. And we could just shut down or we could try to solve the problem ourselves rather than to cry out to God. And so notice in this passage of scripture, there's actually a, a, a crying out to God because of fear of what's happening in their life. Have you had personal calamity in your life? Have you seen something happen in the, the recent uh, past that has that's frightened you or concerned you? I have, both personally and from a societal experience. I'm just being honest. Because when we take our eyes off of Jesus, when we start to try to trust ourselves and solve all, all of our problems, it gets pretty frightening. If you haven't listened to TJ's sermon in regards to trusting God from this last summer at men's camp, you really do need to. It was a fantastic sermon. 
It was so powerful and so poignant in regards to being overwhelmed with fear and then finally crying out to God like the psalmist, right, TJ? And God came through miraculously. Miraculously. And he was able to do things that TJ nor no other man could have done. It got done. And when you listen to his story, it's like jaw-dropping. God is able to do that for all of us. And he will. And he does. Over and over and over again, we see it in the scriptures. And so here we have this personal petition. Help me, Lord. Help me. Only you can help me. But then notice verse, uh, what is it? Verse 6. Blessed be the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exalts and with my song, I shall thank him. We go back to the definition. It says, one you can confide in to throw oneself or one's cares on another to flee or run to him for refuge. That's the definition of trust. That's what this psalmist did. And guess what happens? God delivered him. And so he now is praising him with a prayer from the heart, praise of adoration. And notice he says, I praise you for your strength. I praise you for your, your being my shield. I praise you for my help. Now let's go really quickly and just take a look at what this, this strength is shield and help is the word strength there is interesting it means power and security the word strength you've given me the power to overcome and you've given me the promise that through me i through you i will overcome i don't know about you but i've had personal triumphs because of trusting in him when I could not get it done myself. In fact, have you ever had an experience in your life before where you're trying so hard to solve the problem and everywhere you look, there's a closed door. Everywhere you look, there is no way out. And then all of a sudden, like what TJ talked about, you stop and you go, Lord, I can't do this. There's no way I can do this. Everywhere I turn, there's a closed door. I'm not willing to give up, but it's hopeless. And then another door actually appears that wasn't even there. When I say that, I'm talking about a person comes in your life or a situation changes or somebody who was an obstacle all of a sudden becomes an advocate. That's actually happened in my life. Has that happened to you? Because I trusted in the Lord and I asked I asked for his help. So, brethren, it's so important that we realize that. But now let's go back to the scripture. Notice it says, Therefore, my heart will exalt. And with my song, I shall thank him. Do you know what the word exalt means? Not exalt, but exalt. There's a U there instead of an A. The word exalt means to lift the Lord on high, to lift him up, to put him in his rightful place of sovereignty in your life. That's what exalt with an A means. But what does exalt with a U mean? It actually means to rejoice in the victory that God has given. He's talking about when you make him your strength, when you make him your uh, uh, shield, 
to protect you, when you seek his help, guess what? He gives you the victory. And you can exalt, you can rejoice and be thankful for the victory. It's not a victory that you have won. It's a victory that he won and has given to you. I don't know about you, but that's amazing. You're saying, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, sometimes when I've had preachers talk to me, I'm going, I've never heard of that before. I know you have. You've seen it. You've experienced it. We have. When we draw near to the Lord, he draws near to us. It works. He works if we trust him. There's some other verses I'd like you to take a look at there when you get an opportunity. Isaiah 26 and, and Psalms 22. But now the second trust. Going back to Jeremiah, if you wouldn't mind, moving back there to Jeremiah. And uh, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. Whose trust is the Lord. Mib top. Mibtok is the Hebrew word. He is the one who is our fortress. He is our fortress. In him we stand. He is our rock. In him we stand on. He is our confidence. Literally, it should have been translated here. And whose hope, our hope, is the Lord. You see, you can put your hope in a whole bunch of things and all of those things will fail you. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 19. Another passage of scripture as is mentioned there in your lesson plan. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 19. And we'll read it in, uh, again in context. But 22 verse 19, very, very clear statement of our hope is the Lord. So that your hope may be in the Lord. I have taught you today, even you. So that your hope may be in the Lord. Something is done so that our hope may be in the Lord. What is it that is done for our hope to be in the Lord. Now, it says, so that. Only one thing can build confidence in the Lord. Only one thing can build hope in the Lord. And that's the Lord himself speaking to you. And then you being willing to receive it as truth. You being willing to embrace it as what God will do because he has done that before. Now I want you to take a look with me at verse, uh, want to find it, verse 17. Notice what uh, Solomon says here. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise. What if you never read the word of God? What if you decide, I don't like reading. I really don't. I have to be honest with you, for the longest time, I didn't like reading either. 
I was labeled, as you all well know, as a, a slow learner and by my friends a retard when I was a child. And so I hated reading even up until I finished my master's degree at Oregon State University. I hated reading. But I do one thing I had to read in order to get the degree to become what I wanted to become. I had to read. But what happens when you begin to read and you get excited about what you're reading? I don't know about you, but uh, I love reading uh, hunting magazines. I do. Especially ones that have a lot of pictures, because I like reading pictures better. Do you like reading pictures better? Yeah, me too. And But before it was hunting, it was skiing. I loved reading ski magazines. But really, I liked them most when they had pictures. There were some magazines that had a lot of, you know, ski magazine, a lot of writing, but some little pictures. I did not like those ones. I like the ones with the big pictures. I'm glad somebody else is smiling and shaking his head. Did you know that the Bible is actually, if you're willing to look at it differently, it's an illustrative book. It illustrates amazing truths. You see, again, I, I don't mean to, to talk uh, TJ up, but you, if you haven't listened to that sermon, you've missed something. He illustrated it with real life situations. You know, the Bible is that same way. Paul illustrates the amazing truths of the scriptures with his life account told by Luke. And I don't know about you, but man, I love the book of Acts. I am just totally in it. You know, they could make some great movies from the book of Acts. And I would be all about watching them. Why, there's such adventure and fear and danger and conquest and God-working miracles. It's just really cool. And you know what? Oh, i got to read another chapter. I, it's throughout the book. Please know that the Bible is an illustrated book. If you will listen and watch, your life will be changed. So when you go back to this passage of Scripture, notice it says, incline your ear, apply your mind, keep them in your heart, the things you learn and see. And then apply them. I love it. So incline your ear, apply your mind, keep them the words of wisdom in your heart to know with certainty the truth. Look at the next verses. Verse uh, 20 and 21. Right after verse 19. Have I not written to you excellent things and counsels and knowledge? God's asking you that question. Hey, hey church. Haven't I written some really amazing, awesome things to you? Well, that's a good question. Notice it says, to make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may correctly answer him who sent you. Notice, he's written excellent things to you. Things that will build your absolute trust and confidence in him. Question, do you believe that God parted the Red Sea and the nation of Israel, almost two million people, marched right through the Red Sea on dry land and then Pharaoh, in his infinite pride, decided, okay, I'm going to follow. Now, you know, he didn't believe the miracles of God before. What a knucklehead. Until he suffered the pain of those miracles that were done. 
Amen? He had 10 of them. You think he would have learned. On number 10, he finally said, get out of here. And then he gets a, you know, something happened in his brain. He goes, all right, they're all stoved up down at the Red Sea. I'm going to go get them. Pharaoh was with his army. The Red Sea parted. Moses and the people of Israel go through. And then Pharaoh goes, all right, boys, let's go get them. Man, that guy is a slow learner. If I was considered a slow learner, that guy is much more so. You say, that's just a fairy tale. Come on, dude. It's a fairy tale. We got rock solid physical evidence that Egyptian war chariots drove across the seabed of the Sea of Aquabah one of the arms of the Red Sea. There are chariot wheels and human bones and horse bones that are encrusted with coral all across a particular undersea ridge that gently goes down and gently goes back up again clear across the Red Sea. Submersibles have gone down there and, and I have actual videotape of it. Brethren, God is able to part the Red Sea, to destroy the armies that are against God's people. We need to recognize that he is our rock, our cornerstone. He is our fortress. He is our hope. Brethren, if you put your confidence in anyone or anything else, at some point in time, sadly, you're going to be disappointed. I mean, I love my wife and I trust her implicitly. I really, really do. But we've had hard times in our past when one or both of us were selfish. And it really, it was their struggle to trust. You know, people can do that. We just need to remember that God will never fail us. Do you think Paul thought when they said, uh, Paul, uh, it's uh, Thursday, coming this Thursday, uh, you're on the docket to get your head cut off. Uh, we're in prison here, and of course, you know, on you're on death row. So Thursday's your day. What do you want for dinner? Wednesday night. He's saying, it doesn't say that. He knew when his day was. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, is he freaking out? Oh, <laughs> hurry, get here before Thursday because I'm going to lose my head. No way. He's like, yes, I'm going home. You see, even in his martyrdom, he was not worried. I need to get my head wrapped around that one a little bit better. Just saying. I don't know if that's my future, but I get to get my head wrapped around that one a little bit better. I figured if I preach it enough and I look at it enough and I get excited enough that, wow, what power there was there and how God showed his amazing power in Jesus on the cross, Paul in prison, that maybe he'll show his power in me. But he could do that today. He is doing that today. Is he your confidence, your hope today? Because he's got tomorrow secure. In fact, he knows every one of your days. He, has, he knows every one of your tears. He knows every one of your fears. And he's constantly there available for you. Can I get an amen on that one? I just quoted some scripture. 
a little bit Comptonized, but they're, they're close enough. It's important for us to recognize and understand that our hope should only be in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. If we'll have confidence in the absolute perfect truth of Christ and put our hope in him, our confidence in him, and run to him every time there's a struggle, every time we don't know what to do because we don't know the scriptures, God will powerfully bless you and will bless others around you. And his kingdom will grow. Even in spite of all of the instability and craziness in the world and in your life, the kingdom will continue to grow and you will continue to be a part of that. My prayer is, is that we'd understand what this trust in God really looks like. Go back and look at the five things that trust in God is. And then go back and look what God being our trust is and embrace that. Oh, by the way, there's other scriptures there and I've only given you a few. There's so much more. And of course, we have a whole year left to find them. And that's what we're going to do. Let's pray. Lord, I'm really excited about this year's series of lessons. And honestly, in the past few months, I have learned so much about trusting you. And 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 I can't say that I'm, I'm no worries, no fears. I can't say that. But Father, it's exciting to realize that no matter what may come, and the challenges that we see, we can power through if we are people of faith. It may not look exactly like we think it should look like, but we'll always accomplish your intended will as we continue to move forward trusting you to open doors and close doors and lead us. Thank you, O God in heaven. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right, let's get excited and trust God this week. Amen. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.